0: Before we begin our next episode, I would like to offer all of our listeners two free book downloads on Amazon. I have written two children's books, and I would like to share them with you absolutely free from April 5th to April 9th. The links will be in the show notes as well as on our Facebook page. The first children's book is called Bear Can't Sleep and is primarily focused on helping little ones get to sleep. The other is called Penelope Bovine Dreams Big, which is a funny, whimsical book about a cow whose goal is to jump over the moon. It's aimed at children from 5 to 12. Remember, you can find links to these free books in our show notes and on our Facebook page. As a thank you, all I ask is that you consider leaving a review on Amazon. Thank you so much. A striking manor, a prominent family, a secret underground tunnel, the death of a young boy, the hanging of a Fenian raider, a safe house for the underground railroad, dolls and doll houses, and now an empty dwelling, the rooms and halls vacant, the only sounds coming from the wind across the Niagara River, and the voices and the whispers of the ghosts within. This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 5, Episode 7, Birdie Hall. Birdie Hall, built in 1835, is one of Fort Erie's historical landmarks and one of the most haunted locations in the Niagara region. The house was constructed of bricks, hauled from Hamilton, Ontario, and rock from Lake Erie and the Niagara River. The rooms boast 12-foot-high ceilings, original Italian marble fireplaces, hand-hewn black walnut beams, and original pine flooring. The massive 22-foot curved staircase is the home's most astounding structure. The Forsyth family, who had the home constructed, used the home primarily in the summer as a retreat from their business ventures. The basement is rumored to have a secret tunnel leading to the shoreline of the Niagara River, The tunnel was used by slaves who crossed the Niagara River from Buffalo, New York to Freedom in Canada. The basement of the home was a primary location for the Underground Railroad, and many slaves used the tunnel and hid in the basement until they could be moved further inland to security. Southern bounty hunters tracked the slaves and captured many, returning them to the plantation works in the Deep South. Many were mistreated and killed as a result. Chinese slaves also used the tunnel to escape slavery and prosecution in the United States. The tunnel was found by one of the Forsyth children, and the boy, aged 14, tragically drowned in the tunnel. As a result, the tunnel was sealed, and to this day, no one has been able to accurately find its whereabouts in the basement. Many believe that the boy roams through the home in spirit form, causing minor disruptions and ghostly activity. A passing-over ceremony was held many years ago, and some think it has been successful for the spirit boy. But there are other spirits still present in Bertie Hall. One may be the ghost of an Irish Republican who, upon invading Canada with his Fenian raiders, attacked and raped a 14-year-old girl. He was brought to the makeshift jailhouse in the basement of Bertie Hall, and subsequently tried and convicted. His punishment came swiftly, as he was hung in the basement until he took his last breath. The basement area is a very haunted location, as many believe that the souls of the tired, sick, and fearful slaves who died as a result of fleeing in the United States may still be there in spirit form. The entire house, however, echoes the history and the sorrows of the past. Throughout its history, it has been the home to several families and used as a hotel where the Prince of Wales, who was crowned King Edward VII, slept. During the 1990s, the house was transformed into the Mildred M. Mahoney's Dollhouse Gallery, a collection of dollhouses from as early as 1780 resided at Bertie Hall. Mildred Mahoney, the collector and operator, ...passed on and left her legacy and devotion to dollhouses for visitors to enjoy. It is rumored that her spirit was there and returned to the home to inspect and make certain the museum is in good order. Other spirits may have been attached to the artifacts and dollhouses within the home. With over 140 dollhouses from Canada, the United States, Europe, Asia and Japan it is likely that perhaps a young child still may choose to play with their toys, even after death. Staff then were reporting strange phenomenon ever since occupying the building in 1983, and as a result, several psychics had been asked to visit the home and perform seances. The psychics each claimed that Bertie Hall has between 75 to 100 spirits inhabiting it. In the 1980s, A large metal filing cabinet would make a large banging noise as if someone had kicked it or slammed it shut. The particular incidents would happen only when staff members were alone, causing them to be startled and scared. The filing cabinet was removed from the house as a result, but that didn't stop the spirits from playing tricks. One time, several university students working in the museum came running down the front stairs to inform the curators that a dollhouse had been moved across the room on its own accord. The Pink Colonial Dollhouse, built in 1924, had indeed moved from one side of the room to the other. When one looks closely into the highly detailed dollhouse parlor, a miniature witch board is seen resting on a sofa. June Speer, who was the curator of the museum, says that visitors would often smell lilacs when they first entered the home, and some even claim to have seen a woman on the front steps holding fresh-cut lilacs. Other visitors to the museum have sensed the spirit of a little girl, others say a little boy. The back two bedrooms on the upper floor have always been noted for their strange phenomenon. Often footsteps or banging has been heard in these rooms. When staff investigate the strange noises, nothing seems out of the ordinary. The back staircase, used by servant staff, have also been reported as echoing the sounds of ghostly footsteps. The basement of the house offers the visitor a totally different experience. The wet stone walls, bedrock floor, and poor lighting make for a very foreboding atmosphere. Antiques and relics portray what the basement may have looked like for runaway slaves who concealed themselves from bounty hunters. There is a hidden doorway latched by a bookcase that leads to a second room that holds an antique bed and other furnishings. The feeling of apprehension and dread surrounds the room, and here visitors have said they have felt the presence of a runaway slave, and some even suggest that the ghost has touched them or brushed their hair. The basement is a very emotional room for everyone who can imagine that men, women, and children all sought safety and shelter there from bounty hunters, with shackles and firearms. I had the opportunity to investigate the goings on at Bertie Hall and was the first to do so. Together with a psychic, we investigated the reported haunted house. The psychic, unaware of where we were going or what exactly we were investigating, picked up on many historical facts about the house and people before we arrived. Upon arrival, she had picked up on the underground railroad aspect to the home. The investigation revealed the usual cold spots, malfunctioning cameras, and odd noises, but the basement is where I have had the most interactive and unusual event that ever took place on any one of my investigations. I had an analog reel-to-reel recorder. Yes, this is going back some time. Anyhow, the recorder was placed on the table in the basement and we started to try to communicate with the spirits of this home. After about 20 minutes, the recorder started rocking back and forth as if there was a minor earthquake. It did not stop. It just kept going back and forth, slowly rocking. And the table it was sitting on was still. As I sat about 15 feet from it and the psychic was about 10 feet, we watched from afar. Then suddenly, I felt something brush my cheek and chin. The psychic also said at that same moment that something had touched her hair. The temperature in the room was getting colder, and then the recorder stopped rocking. I sat up and decided to go into an adjacent room, as if someone or something was telling me to go in there. Upon entry, I felt something very, very strange. In front of me, in the small room, was a force field of sorts. It is the only way that I can describe it. It felt dense to put your hands through and walk through. Once you touch the outer edges of this, it was again very hard to describe, but it was like pulling two magnets apart. Once I was touching this now and walking through it, I called out for my friend to see what they thought, and they felt it also. She told me this is where the spirits would manifest. I asked her to ask the spirits if they are there and to touch me, to show me a sign. I rolled up my sleeves as if to feel the strange force field some more. But then something took my hand, and I felt another hand glide over top of mine and onto my forearms. I asked my friend to ask them to do that again. And within moments, both hands now felt the touch of something I can only describe as a ghostly hand. I then felt the same on my cheeks, head and neck. Then suddenly, it stopped. Everything just stopped as if nothing had happened and nothing was out of the ordinary. It was just a cold, wet basement, rolled up old carpet in the corner, and a furnace in the other. My investigations into Birdie Hall continued for several more months. Unfortunately, years later, the curator, June Spear, passed on, and the dolls and the dollhouses were auctioned off and the house sealed. The house remains owned by the Niagara Parks Commission, and the city has sat on what to do with the property for years, and today, it still remains empty. There is no known future plans for Bertie Hall. Thank you for listening, and remember to download your free books from Amazon. The links will be made in the show notes and our Facebook page. As a thank you, please consider leaving a review on Amazon. I hope your little ones enjoy the free books. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Sillard, Mattia Cupelli, Alex Lisi. Martin Kahlberg and Adrian von Ziegler.